The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing where this week is every week for over 25 years. We have tried to figure out new and better ways to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. And uh, today we are going to be talking to somebody who I think is going to be most interesting to those of you who are trying to juggle a job and a real estate investing business. Uh, before we get to that, though, have to make a very special announcement that I guess I guess I guess I make it every year this time, and that is <gasps> tomorrow night. It's the big Rhea of Greater Cincinnati, Cincinnati chapter holiday party with best and worst deals of the year contest. I look forward to this every year because I get to find out what my fellow members have, uh, you know, done this year. And there's, there's competitions in the category of best deal by a new investor, most creative deal, worst deal of the year, which is always a fun category for people to uh, get up and admit what happened to them <laughs> this year. And uh, also best deal overall of the year. Plus, of course, there's food, there's networking, there's drinks with the vendors, there's all kinds of great stuff going on. So uh, if you would like to attend and hang out with a hundred of your fellow tri-state area real estate entrepreneur future friends, you can go to CincinnatiRia.com. That's C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I. -I. If they're coming, they know how to spell Cincinnati. If they're close enough to show up, they know how to spell Cincinnati. What I should have said was CincinnatiREIA.com. And uh, grab yourself a ticket. Those are actually only available through midnight tonight because the um, hotel wants to know how many people are coming and with how much food first thing in the morning. So, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Also, if you happen to be in the greater Columbus area, the Cori Columbus chapter is having its uh, same same holiday party, different people, but same kind of agenda and whatnot. Uh, tomorrow night. So, uh, sorry, Tuesday night. Rhea's tomorrow night. Gosh, I, the, the, the months when the first Tuesday comes before the, or comes after the first Thursday always throw me off. So that's actually uh, next Tuesday. And you can get uh, information about that at 
coreerocks.com, C-O-R-E-E-R-O-C-K-S.com. This is, tomorrow is actually the last big official meeting of Cincinnati RIA of the year. There's still some focus groups for the rest of the month, but uh, yeah, good chance to check out what's going on there and meet some people. Uh, also, for Cincinnati RIA members, the um, uh, uh, not not this Saturday, a week from Saturday, uh, Cincinnati RIA is holding a an online all day workshop about how to build a real estate business plan. Uh, that is at absolutely no charge to Cincinnati RIA members and actually members of a few other RIAs around the country. So you might uh, check your local RIAs page and see what, see if it's on there. Um, for non-members, it's 47 bucks, so not terribly expensive, but it's going to be a day of just really walking through what a business plan template looks like and filling it out. It's a hands-on workshop. So we'll actually give you a business plan template. We'll go through during the day, like what, what goes in this spot, what goes in this spot. Um, maybe you could have an actual business plan before the end of the year. Uh, again, more information about that at CincinnatiRIA.com. So again, today we're, we're kind of, we're kind of not do, so much doing a strategic show today. Like how, how do you do X, Y, or Z in real estate, but more of a, how do you conduct your life in the real estate world when other things are going on? And my guest today is Adam Harrison, who is a uh, real estate investor who is not a full-time real estate investor. See, I almost, I almost couldn't, I almost couldn't say real estate investor without saying full-time because we're so used to saying full-time real estate investor since such and so. Uh, he actually is a real estate investor who has been doing this for, uh, well, since 2013. So going on 10 years while at the same time keeping a full-time job. And what we wanted to talk to him about today is how, how does one do a flipping business and at the same time have, uh, have a job going and a family going and all of that, uh, sort of stuff. So he is joining us by phone. Adam, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thank you so much, Vina. Thank you so much for inviting me to the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. We should, we should probably just go ahead and confess that the reason the show came about is you made a Facebook post and the Facebook, yeah. <laughs> the Facebook post was, around the idea of like, don't give up, you can do this, here's my story. And I was like, oh, you know, that's pretty interesting. I should, I should probably hit that guy up and see what's going on with him. And then here we are today, <laughs> because, you, you know, like, like, everybody's so obsessed with getting all the education about how do I flip land? How do I flip houses? How do I do subject twos? How do I evaluate a piece of real estate? But really, like 70% of the success of any person in this business is around how they are, how they do things, how their mindset is, as opposed to how do, how do I know? I mean, there's a lot of people who know a lot about real estate who aren't making deals. And then there's the people who yet yeah, they know it and they do it. And we're, we're I'm, I'm, personally, I'm always trying to, look at like what makes people successful in the face of stuff that makes other people just give up. And one of those things is having a job. 
So many, so yeah. many, so many people with, with full-time jobs will say it just, it, it was just too hard. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it all. And yet you have managed to do that. So, um, why don't you, why don't you tell your story that, you know, started in, started probably around 2010 and then led to 2012 and 2013 and then other stuff happened. Just, just gonna like fill us in on how you got to where you are today. Okay, so many years ago, like around 2010, a little bit before then, I started reading about different real estate strategies and kind of got into the real estate education space. And I went to different free workshops and found out a lot about different things. And I I saw a little bit about you and your program, and I learned a little bit about that. At that particular time, I, I didn't get it, but I know that you're very experienced and you know a lot about real estate and anyway i w- looked into different different areas i looked at fix and flips i looked at wholesaling i had a briefly i had a business which was like a wholesaling short sales biz- business just very very briefly and i never did any deals on that and then in late 2012 i really settled on the field of land flipping i started to study that very intently and then in January of 2013, I started my land flipping business, and um, I was doing that for a while. I took a couple of years off for education, and I came back. And then in 2016, uh, later part of 2016, I injured my arm to the point where I couldn't be, I, I couldn't do my job, and I had a few really cheap properties. And I was able to sell those off to, like, pay my rent and stuff and pay some medical expenses. Um, but eventually I ran out of that, and I was just totally, totally flat broke. And January of 2017, I was just flat broke. And I didn't even have enough money. I, I had someone sent me some time ago before that. Some I had sent out a bunch of letters and someone reached out to me, and they wanted to sell me their five-acre property. It was like $700 or $600 or something, and I didn't even have the money to do that. Mm-hmm. I was broke. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got – I did my taxes. I ended up getting a tax refund, um, thank God. And I used that money, and I got back a little bit into the game, and I went back to – you know, with kind of smaller deals like buying for seven or eight hundred dollars, selling for thirteen hundred dollars. I did a lot of that, and then I found a property um, because that's that's what I could do at that time. I, that, I had very very little money at that time, and um, I found a, a, a gentleman who wanted to sell their property. It was forty acres, uh, has road, uh, paved road access. And I said, hey, what do you want for the property? And he said, I want $300 plus you pay all the back taxes. And the back taxes were another $300. So that kind of just got me back in the game. Mm-hmm. And it, and I think that when those kinds of things happen, it's, it's kind of like a person could be giving up because they don't have any money and they're barely scraping by. But if they just continue, then eventually they're going to they're gonna hit a home run. So I bought that property, I sold it, and um, kind of like the rest is history. I found another property, 40-acre property, 
$4,000, sold for much more than that, um, ended up buying, doing a lot of their flips, bought 10 five-acre properties for about $900 each, including the taxes, sold those. Um, and then just the kind of like the rest is history. I've gone on to buy buy properties. I bought, you know, properties for 11 sold for 50 bought properties for 30 sold for 50 so mm-hmm. kind of like life goes on and mm-hmm. also I still do a lot of small deals so persistence I mean so 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 many people want this to be like get rich quick right like I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna do my first deal right away and then it's just gonna be a constant stream of deals after that and the reality is that happens for almost nobody uh, when it does when it does happen for people it's usually because they they got into the market at exactly the right time and happened to do exactly the right things and then when the market shifts and it's not what they're used to anymore they they have to reinvent the whole thing but you just i mean th- through every piece of this story what you did was you just didn't give up you just refused Exactly. And that's the secret is you just don't give up no matter what happens. You just don't give up. That's the secret. That is an awesome secret. I mean, you can't you can't see me because I'm on the radio, but I'm putting uh, I'm putting air quotes around the word secret, because I think at one level, everybody knows that (laughs) that if you if you give up on stuff, it doesn't work. But um, yeah, I mean, I think you're you're a testimony to the fact that if you just refuse to take no for an answer and you you keep learning and you keep doing the right things uh it's all going to turn out exactly the way that you had hoped so when we come back from this break uh we're going to talk a little bit about why why you chose land deals in particular and then um just like what like how are you how are you managing to do all of this while still having a full-time job uh, can I have people call either one of these phone numbers? I don't know. Um, I, it, 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 I just, just, we're, we're, the, the station's actually in the middle of fun drive, and I think all the phone numbers are actually being diverted over into that other room, so we're gonna have to take questions by email. I would guess. Uh, unless you, uh, the long distance line might work. I don't the long distance try, line try might work. Somebody, somebody try the long distance line and we'll see if it rings in here, and if it doesn't, if a volunteer picks up the phone, give them some money. Like, 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 make a pledge. <laughs> the long distance number is 877-772-9658. Or you can send your questions for Adam to uh, askabina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. We're talking today. This is sort of like one of those X-Factor investor interviews where we're just more, more talking about uh, how do other people manage to deal with issues that you yourself might be dealing with? Talking today to Adam, who, by the way, we didn't mention, Adam, that you actually you live in California, which is often yeah. uh, that's often considered to be one of the more challenging places in the country <laughs> to do real estate investing. Um, your choice of land flipping as your strategy uh, how much of that had to do with the fact that you can do it all over the country? How much of it had the, had to do with like lack of competition? Like what, why did you land on that? Well, all of the above, basically 
relatively there is competition obviously but it's like a lot less than houses also i like being able to do it all over the country because most of my flips are not in california they're other places and um i liked the fact that i could get started i was very very limited in resources and i felt like the resources that i have i could use to start a land flipping business but couldn't start another kind of real estate business mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how how did it in your brain fit in with the fact that you were also working full time like did you see it as did you see it as something that okay this is not actually going to take up a bunch of my daytime hours well my point of view was that just that i just had to make it happen i had to guide to work all day and during my lunch or if i had a break i could do little things related to my business. Um, otherwise, if I was too busy during the day to, to take breaks, then when I came home, I had to just work and do it. It was just either sink or swim. I wanted to succeed, and I decided I was going to succeed, and that was just the way it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just right? and just for just for you know again this isn't land flipping isn't really the topic today but just for uh yeah. just for some um perspective for the listeners is there a particular type of land that you like to flip and 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 also do you only flip or do you do investing like like Jack Bosch has been on the show several times and he's he talks about well you can flip it you can rent it out to people to hunt you can Sell it with owner financing. Like, how, how much of that stuff do you do? I primarily flip and also do seller financing. I'm open to other stuff, but I just haven't really done it that much. I've held, I've also held land for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've done that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think we've got a feel for what your business is. We didn't talk about what your job is. Yeah. Well, what I do is I I fix computers and I love fixing computers and I've been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's a job that I like. And so it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. And you, 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 you don't have any, any intention of like quitting it any time soon. So what is, I mean, you just said you enjoy it. What, what other benefits do you get out of having that job? Well, I enjoy it. I like the people I work with. I also get, it's a good, it's a really good company. Um, it's a good, I feel like it's a good salary and also the benefits are great. And um, I've been there for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And honestly, when it comes to real estate, I want to, as much as I can, I want to invest the money back into the business as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's that's really my goal mm-hmm. is to invest, and one day I'll have a huge, huge, huge stack of money, right? And then, and then I maybe I'll make different decisions. Mm-hmm. But right now I'm just focused on building the business. Okay, okay. Well, because there's there's kind of this almost assumption in. Any any real estate related thing you go to, real estate associations, seminars, uh, you know, uh, conferences, that everybody there 
either doesn't have a job or desperately trying to get out of it. You know, like the, <laughs> that's why that's why they're yeah. in real estate is because they just really don't want to have a job. And what I find is if you actually bother to talk to people, there's an awful lot of them like you who no, I'm fine with my job. I like it. I'm good with it. I, you know, I hear a lot, you know, if I, if I can hang on for five more years, I get this wonderful retirement package or I trained long and hard for my job in social work. And I, and I feel like I'm making a difference in the world. It just isn't giving me enough money to support my family. (laughs) Like there's, there's, there's all, all sorts of reasons that people do real estate with a job and have no intention of quitting the job. Of course, the struggle is I'm at work 40 hours a week and I commute another, I don't know, in California, maybe 40 hours a week. But realistically, uh, I'm 50 hours a week, easy, in a full-time job. And that only leaves a little bit of time to do the stuff that you kind of have to do if you're going to successfully do deals. Now, you already said that at the beginning, you just decided I'm, uh, uh, if I have a lunch break, I'm going to use that. If I have to wait until after to do stuff, then I'm going to do it. But the, in your business, I think the, I think the key activities are you got to market. You've got to deal with the results of that marketing. So somebody calls, you actually got to answer the phone or call them back. You've got to evaluate the property you're looking at, you've got to make the offer. And then once that's accepted, you got to sell the deal. Do you have any kind of schedule for your time in doing that? Like do you say, well, on Saturday mornings, I get my marketing out and on Saturday afternoons, I follow up on leads, anything like that? Uh, honestly, Lena, I totally should do something like that. I don't. What I, what I've been doing is just kind of doing it. It's kind of a cycle for me. Also, a and B, I have I found some wonderful virtual assistants mm-hmm. and who I love and who are awesome, and they handle responding to a lot of the responses, and they just helped me in terms of making offers. They they just helped me um, doing some county research to send some offers out, right? Mm-hmm. So they're really great. Mm-hmm. They really helped me a lot and helped me do everything. Well, you know what? That leads us right into a question that came in via email from Samuel, who is, oh, he's a Cori New Smyrna Beach, Florida member. Hi, Samuel. I'll see you in a a week. I'm going to be down there for the New Smyrna Beach holiday extravaganza. Uh, So Samuel's question was, Please ask Adam how he went about selecting his team to get and keep things going in the right direction. Well, honestly, it was a lot of trial and error. I started with certain virtual assistants, and those virtual assistants didn't work out. Then I moved to some other virtual assistants, and it just became too much of a problem because there was like too many mistakes. They were, they were supposed to have been trained. Um, and it was just like too many mistakes happening. And I was spending too much time fixing their, fixing their mistakes. And then I decided I was going to find people who I had faith in, who may not know land flipping yet, but they're really smart, really bright people. And one of 
one of my friends at the time referred me to one of her friends and I hired her as a, as a VA. She's an offshore VA. Mm-hmm. I hired her and then she intru- she started introducing me to other people and I hired some of them and they're great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in your first, so, in your first round of hiring these people, were you, were you actually hiring a company who hired them? No, I was on a website devoted to virtual assistants, ah. and I, I kind of hired someone off of that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So, so if you were if you were telling somebody how to just avoid that first part, <laughs> where you get the yeah. you, you get the ones that don't work out, make too many mistakes, uh, whatever, and just go straight to finding. Hiring, managing the right one. What what would you tell them now in retrospect? Look for personal recommendations. Someone, ideally, it will be someone, either a friend or a family member who knows of someone offshore who's looking for a job or another investor who has closely worked with someone who's maybe their VA and their VA maybe needs more work. You can hire someone like that. But just trying random people, um, sometimes they you try random people who look great on paper, but they don't work out in the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I, really, I would, I would expand that statement beyond virtual assistants <laughs> and into any kind of employee that you might be hiring. And I, you said something interesting, which is I think you said that your uh, VAs have then recommended other VAs. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's something we forget when we're working with virtual assistants. It's like people, people treat virtual assistants like they were a different kind of person than somebody that you would hire in the U.S. And they're really not. You know, there's a saying that if you want to, if you want to, if you want a great contractor, go ask your great contractor who the other great contractors are. And yeah. it's the same thing with virtual assistants. And just, just, you know, the, the the same as with somebody from the United States that you would be hiring to come work in your office, which very few people actually do anymore. You got to know what you want them to do. You got to know what skill sets they need to have in order to do it. But but as you said, they don't actually have to know about real estate. They have to have the right skill sets for what you know, marketing or answering the phones or building rapport or whatever. And it, it's good to have systems for them and and key performance indicators that say. You know, I expect that you will answer all calls within two rings or something like that. But but it, it's just like having any other team member. You, you gotta you gotta treat the folks right and find the right people. That is totally the truth. Totally agree. So tell me what the hard. Oh wait, no, I'm, I'm going to ask you a different question uh, related to the one that we have been talking about, which is, so you said you, you don't really have a way that you have blocked out your time to say, I'm doing marketing at this time and following up at this time or whatever. Have you found any particular uh, scheduling or planning system uh, convenient for you to keep track of this? Cause you know, at, at work, they usually kind of, tell you what you're doing and when, but when you have your own business, you, you do have to remember things like, oh, it's time to file the quarterly taxes or, um, 
you know, I, I got to follow up or remind the VA to follow up with this guy that I spoke to six months ago that I thought was pretty motivated, but didn't sell me the property. Is there is there any tech technology you use, I guess, is what I'm getting to to help run your business? To do lists are, are gold. And also I use, you know, things like Google Sheets. Um, it's not as fancy as it could be, but it, 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 it gets a job done. Basically, what I'm doing is typically what I'm doing is I'm going through a week, let's say a week or two weeks or whatever, where I'm pricing counties and I'm getting ready to send out a wave of letters and a bunch of marketing. And then I'm doing that and my attention is on that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when the responses come in, sometimes my attention goes off the marketing and then I'm working on handling all the responses that are coming in and doing due diligence and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm also reaching out to, I might be reaching out to, to um, money partners and getting their ideas on properties and mm-hmm. working on that end. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And then when it's ready to do, go to the next step, when it's ready to market it, then I'm either, if it's a, depending on how valuable the property is, if it's really valuable, I might just get a realtor to handle the whole thing. Um, otherwise, I'll be handling the marketing. Mm-hmm. And the way things are now, I, I always have properties in stock, so I'm always marketing. So I have a small amount of time each day. I have to work on that. Even though the VAs are pretty much handling it, I still have to work on it some myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, you but just, it's, it's you, kind of like cycles. You just kind of have a cycle that's driven by what is the last thing that has happened. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and you're and you're and you're comfortable with that. It, it feels good to you. You yeah. like it. You're doing as you're doing the deals you want to do. All of that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I can always learn, learn, learn more and do things better, but. For now, it's working. Fine. Oh, we could all always learn more. That's that's not, that's not a you yeah. thing. That's that's forever. Um, but but yeah, no, I mean, I think that's I think that's indicative of sort of what we're really talking about here, which is what works for you in handling the fact that I have a I have a other thing that I do forty or fifty hours a week, and then I then I also am. am not just building a real estate business, but actively in a real estate business. So, um, and a couple of times you said, I should do this or my Google sheets aren't very sophisticated. Like, like that made you somehow behind the pack or something like that. And I think that's another, I think that's another thing that we all need to recognize, which is, Hey, if it works for you, it's fine. The fact that the fact that your your guru told you that you should be investing in such and such a software or whatever, if you're doing fine without it, do what works for you. Don't always be like, well, I I have this goal of doing things this different way because somebody else does it a different way. If it if it works for you, that's fantastic. Uh, we need to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to be answering listener emails because I think we figured out that that phone number is bringing over there so uh you can if you have a question for adam you need to send it to askvina at gmail.com welcome back to real life real estate investing i am your host vina jones cox i i'm sorry i can't i can't get over that hot cockles game that that's probably going to get cut out of the podcast and people are going to be like, what is she talking about? But there, yeah, there was just a Christmas thing where there's a game where you, you get to hit somebody who's blindfolded. 
And their game is, their game is, uh, they have to guess it was you. Wow. Yes, our forebears were fairly violent people. Uh, okay, so talking today to Adam Harrison, who is a land flipper with also a full-time job. And we're, we're just sort of trying to sort through uh, how, you know, how, how, does he, how does he do all these things? How does anybody do all of these things? We're also taking your questions via email at asvina at gmail.com. So, Adam, I think a lot of people who are struggling with what you're struggling with are, are listening to you and they're thinking that guy has to be incredibly disciplined. Like if he's, if he's like have, you know, doing all these land deals and also with this job, he must be like a robot in his discipline. Would you consider yourself super disciplined? Disciplined, but not super disciplined. <laughs> I, I, I'm somewhat disciplined. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. What, what, I luckily what, have a lot of support. Go ahead. What would super discipline look like to you? Like if you were to say, yes, I'm super disciplined, then in, in your head, what would have to be happening that's different than what is? Well, at, ex- at exactly, you know, at exactly a particular time, I'd have to start a particular task. And then in the task at another particular time and be ready to go to bed at X time, um, and eat at one particular time and, and finish eating at another particular time. I'm just not like that. You know, I, I've probably done a dozen of these X Factor investor interviews in the last two years. And every time I've asked that question, the person has said, no, I'm not super disciplined. Because they, no matter how disciplined they are, they, they see that they're, they feel like there's a higher level. <laughs> that if, if they, if they could get yeah. there, then they would be super disciplined. But you, you, so you're, you're not an automaton. You you do sometimes do things differently than what in your ideal vision would happen, and yet you're still successful. So that's all yeah. good. <laughs> it is it is good. Well, I, I have a, I'm very fortunate. I have my virtual assistants who help me out a lot. I have my wife who who is nice enough to fix food for me, and she helps me um, with thing with various things and so i just can focus i have more time to just focus on my business mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep a great team is always the the thing that everybody really needs to grow beyond whatever their own time and energy allows so what what is the hardest thing about keeping this job and also doing the real estate business man it's just time and making sure everything works together right and fits together the right way um and just keeping the ship going right Mm -hmm. i think that's the hardest thing because you have you have to arrange things sometimes people want to talk to me during the day and i'm like it's the middle of the work day and i obviously i can't talk to them at that point in time so i have to work about i have to like schedule things around when i'm not working Mm -hmm. so i have to i have to i have to figure that out or maybe call them on the weekend um, another thing I'm doing is another thing I did is I trained my VAs on returning certain calls. So there's certain calls that my VAs can re- return, which is very, very helpful. And when I didn't, when I first started, I had an answering service and I got rid of it. And now I have an answering service again for not all calls, but certain calls, mm-hmm. certain important calls, mm-hmm. certain important, like motivated seller type calls. 
Mm-hmm. So that helps as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've you've had what seven eight years of of doing this to kind of kind of work out what works for you and what doesn't. If you could go back to 2014 and talk to your yeah. new and let's go all the way back to 2012. Let's all, let's go all the way back to before you landed on land flipping. What would you tell your new investor self to just not do? <laughs> because it was it was it was wheel spinning. It didn't it didn't result in anything. Like what advice would you give you? What advice would I give me? Uh, there's so many things. I think one of the things is just focus more on getting more doing more marketing and don't worry so much about the presentation of the marketing just just market and market and market send out more offers and more letters because one of the things i was really concerned about when i first started was of course having the answering service and then sending out like really 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 nice looking marketing and that's all nice but i should have just sent out just regular letters mm-hmm. when i look back at it i should just send out regular letters and just sent out more of them mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think that getting more prospects solves a lot of problems. Uh-huh. So you, you got, you got caught in the thick of thin things where it came to the marketing. So let's just go back last 12 months. Cause this has been a weird 12 yeah. months for all of us. Yeah, we we started the year in the hottest real estate market anybody could remember, and with you know three point five percent interest rates and all of that sort of stuff, and now we are where we are, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah. Right. What what is what like what's the biggest thing you've learned just this year, or the biggest change you've made in your business this year? Biggest thing I learned is that you have to pivot early, like right when you see a slowdown, you have to pivot, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that in my business, I didn't pivot early enough. So that was a mistake that I made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that the market, the market the last 12 months is not the market of last year, right? Mm-hmm. And things that worked fine then and things that were good then are not good now. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of change. And I've learned that and I pivoted. And now, but I wish I would have pivoted earlier. Mm-hmm. What what have you changed? Well, now I'm looking more. I've always I've always looked at the large deals and the small deals at the same time. But now what I'm doing is I'm trying to buy properties at a price point where it's very easy to sell or finance them, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that more and more people are wanting seller financing on land, mm-hmm. right? They that's what they want because they want the more flexible terms or they don't have the cash to pay all the, or the properties up front. And that that's what I've noticed. Mm-hmm. So I need to make sure that when I make offers and when I sell stuff, I'm emphasizing the seller financing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. So, so offering buyers financing, I think is what you're talking about. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I misspoke. And and did no, no, you didn't misspeak. You just didn't specify which which side you were talking about. So does that mean you're making oh. more offers to sellers that say you need to finance to me? 
No, all it means is I have to buy at a price that makes sense to me to sell or finance. Okay. That's all it means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I'll buy it if if a if I'm buying from someone and they're gonna they're willing to offer really attractive seller financing terms to me as a buyer, then I'm open to that. Um, but usually, a lot of the a lot of the sellers that I talk to, they just want to get from under the property. So I just have to make a pro- an offer with the expectation that it's not like I'm going to make my money back. I may not make my money back in that property in like three months. Mm-hmm. I might need to hold it for some time. Mm-hmm. So the offer has to reflect that. Adam, can I suggest that you spend your Christmas holidays studying how to buy properties on owner financing? <laughs> I will definitely do that. That's, that's a really smart idea. I have a lot to learn from you in that, in that regard. There, yeah, there, you, you could, you could ease, ease the pain you're feeling. Now, I, the good thing about selling on seller financing, you sell for a lot more money and you create a stream of income, which is good. Streams of income yeah. are good. But what's yeah. bad about it, if you're not getting seller financing, is you've either sunk cash into a deal that you're getting it back very slowly, or you've maybe borrowed private money that can be high interest rate to do that. And the, if the seller will finance it for you, it's a 0% interest. That seems like a good interest rate to me. And, That's a great deal. And, and you're only putting a tiny bit of money in up front and you're getting all of that back when as your down payment and then all the cash flow is like infinite return cash flow. That's even better. Totally. I don't I don't normally give my guests advice, but <clears throat> I, I think you do really well by adding that to your tool bag and creating finance to your tool bag. So uh, we're we're just about out of time here. I think folks would love to hear. You're not planning on quitting your time your jo- your job anytime soon, but you do have a plan here. It's not it's not just oh I'm going to keep doing my job until I'm tired of it. You like you actually have a plan here. Can you talk about what that plan is? Sure. My plan is I like my job, and I'm not. Again, I said before, I'm not going to quit tomorrow or anything. I'm, I like the people I work with. Um, my plan is to build up enough money to the point to buy enough assets. So if I were to, let's say I stopped flipping land tomorrow, there'll be enough money coming off of different investments, mm-hmm. land notes, multifamily, uh, single family houses, all kinds of things, some stocks, dividends from stocks. There'll be money coming in to cover all of my expenses, right? Mm-hmm. So if the market crashed tomorrow and I couldn't flip land because there was, you know, the market went down so far down so quickly and I was just kind of wiped out, I would still be able to support myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so. my wife and my family, right? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So what what Pete Fortunato what Pete Fortunato calls being an being an ender, and what Robert Kiyosaki calls being out of the rat race. Exactly. I have enough. I know. I have enough income to uh, cover not not just like my basic bills, but also you know I want to go on vacation and stuff like that, and it will do that for the rest of my life, whether I ever do another deal or not. So, final quick question. If there was one idea that you could convey to the many, many listeners who are still trying to manage a full-time job and either start or continue in a real estate business, what would that idea be? 
Well, that idea would be definitely get educated. I think everybody needs an education in real estate. But the more important than that is just persistence. And if you decide that you're going to do something and you don't quit, you will eventually achieve your goals. That is a great piece of advice, Adam, and I really appreciate you uh, coming and doing something really scary, <laughs> being on a radio show for probably the first time to talk about your real estate business on on just a, a few week, a few days' notice. And I think listeners probably got an awful lot uh, out of your advice. And uh, appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Vina. All right, I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will see you in real life sometime real soon. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.